Hi, welcome to Good for Construction podcast, a podcast where we discuss everything architecture. This is a COVID special episode recorded in 2020. Here we invited Dr. Vibhuti Sachdev for our show, who was the dean at Sushant School of Art and Architecture, Gurgaon, from 2016 to 2022, and is currently the dean and director at Geetam University. So we have a couple of questions, and what we're going to be discussing with Ma'am is how architecture schools have, uh, well. Coped up with the issue of the pandemic and the situation, and how they've dealt with it. And uh, Ma'am is the dean of Sushant School of Art and Architecture, and um, as a head of institution, uh, I thought it best to uh, ask her these questions. Ma'am, my first question to you is: uh, uh, What were the major challenges that you faced as head of institution when you got to know about the news of the pandemic and a probable shutdown around the city? Yeah, so uh, we were actually on on our way uh, to digitize our processes anyway. Um, so um, you know the pandemic um, struck us right in the middle of the semester. So um, that was that was a challenge. I'll explain why. But you know, as far as uh, technological issues, there weren't many. We are a Wi-Fi campus. We you know all students have Wi-Fi. Networked, uh, we were rather excited about the prospect. If I may say so, uh, you know, of being locked locked down and online, there was a buzz. And um, and the challenges. So the challenges were uh, to do with. Um, they were not really challenges. They were concerns. I think they were concerns uh, to do with uh, the individual situation, domestic situation of students in. The, You know, domestic situation of faculty living with the family, kids. You know, household chores, especially you know, women faculty also. So that was that was one, and the other one was also you know, architecture as a discipline, uh, which which we had to kind of call out and and say that okay, these are the things that we will do later, and you know, let's continue with with our online uh, process. Uh, the other thing that that. I think indeed is a challenge. Is uh, was a challenge. Was uh, you know the students had embarked on this design process. What happened was because the pandemic accelerated our concerns that were already there about sustainability, about inclusivity, about sensitivity to environment. Um, that some of these assumptions and biases seemed redundant right in the middle of the design process. So, Um, in fact, we told students that you know just treat it as a process and finish it, and you know, and then you know be mindful of the fact that you know some of the assumptions that you've uh, you know assumed uh, are not going to be valid post pandemic. So you know it is a it is a fantastic learning process. So take the positive from from this. Sounds amazing. Sounds like things kind of happened not at the right time. It should have happened in the first place, but then. I'm, I'm <laughs> it's nice to see that Sushant has actually coped so beautifully. The next question I had for you is: so now that you talked about uh, transferring most of the education online, what is the medium that uh, Sushant has chosen to adopt as uh, you know a platform to conduct classes and hold juries? Yeah, so we actually uh, did not take a hard start stand for or against a particular medium. So. Of course, we started with Google Meet, and then there was GoToWebinar, and now it's Cisco. Uh, 
We're also using Zoom. But also, I think we also used, uh, as we were doing before, you know, mm-hmm. and also we we had, um, you know, um, we were fortunate that we signed a kind of contract with TCS, which enabled us to, you know, upload assignments, do the assessment online and, uh, you know, do a kind of a uh, completely, you know, we 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 have we have quite you know quite ahead on on uh, the digitization so it's a it's a interconnected digital system that we just you know extended to include uh, absence from the campus mm-hmm. so this question um i asked you when we had a one on one conversation as well because i am also still i am also still in school <laughs> um so how we're doing things here is uh, a little different from well, everyone else, what everyone's choosing to do their own way. Um, so here, what's happening is that uh, the lectures initially were not being conducted in Sydney. So then we kind of put in a request to say that no, you can't get away with not, you know, hosting lectures. Um, host a lecture lecture for two hours, and pe- the professors are very hesitant about it. That you know, people are not going to turn up for a two-hour-long lecture. It's going to be which is going to be online. So in the case of Sushant. How has that panned out? Uh, are the lectures being held or is it a pre-recorded situation? Uh, what has the result been like and have people been attending classes? What is that like? Yeah, we were actually taken by surprise actually, you know, because most of the classes had 100% attendance. Now, whether students were hacking the system and getting the attendance through and not attending, um, but but there was clearly a kind of uh, an increase in interest uh, as far as uh, engaging with the curriculum and the lecture and and you know attendance is one indicator of uh, mental presence you can attend and yet you know you can be in a classroom and yet not attend mm. so it doesn't matter but the fact that you know there was an upsurge of interest um and you know people were logging in and there were you know there was a kind of an ex- online exchange mm. uh was a good sign um i think that that um that was uh, that was very rewarding to see. Hmm. And have the, have the assignments and the lectures being, what is happening on that front? Is it like classes are being held, complete classes are being held online or what what is happening with the design studios and that? So for lectures, you see, so we had to uh, go back to our curriculum to see to kind of divide it into bits, like for example, theory lectures could be recorded, and then the students could, uh, you know, watch it later because the, that's just information dissemination. Uh, we had studio review, which were interactions. We had various, you know, groupings. It was a one to ten, one to twenty, one to five for the masters. So various, you know, teaching ratios, which enabled uh, people to not just uh, you know benefit from individual reviews but from each other's review which is which is a fantastic thing because you know um, they could learn from you know a credit given to one person so you know you had five people uh, in on the same page uh, looking at a situation where where you know each of them learns uh, together so um, also i think um, the uh, what it opened us opened up for us was, you know, we could tap into the online resources that were there. So we could use a lot of, you know, video links mm-hmm. and uh, tap into what was already available mm-hmm. as a teacher. So 
uh, for the students and direct them towards that. Um, the the tricky bits were, of course, um, the subjects that were technologically technologically heavy, like building mm-hmm. construction, mm-hmm. Uh, and you know how to you know get. So um, the faculty found faculty and students found innovative ways of showing the drawing and zooming on the drawing and the faculty sketched and the students sketched and I think I think because um, you know this situation was um, you know accessibilated you know is going online um, I think we will just get better in the game and, and certain things were exploratory experimental mm-hmm. and so it should be in the beginning uh, one should not dismiss any avenue and I think uh, we tested out a lot of situations as a result, and these and we tested our situation in an extreme uh, condition, hmm. which, which is good to remember. This was an extreme condition, and the condition is not going to be extreme. I mean, it's going, you know, the extremity is, you know, the extremeness, whatever, you know, is going to um, become easier, uh, mm-hmm. and so we will take, you know, the learnings. Uh, Hopefully to our advantage. Hmm. Interesting. Um, so the next question that comes up is that how did faculty and students uh, cope with this? More importantly, how did the faculty cope with this change? Because not everyone is as comfortable with technology and moving and shifting from one medium to the other. And the same with students. Not everyone is equipped to be, you know, technologically capable so how did that work out uh, were there any challenges that the school faced on that front um you see i mean for our discipline architecture like you know and planning and design disciplines i think um the students are technologically quite savvy and i i can say that uh for the k-12 students look at the uh, class 12 students they are you know online game playing kids who are you know who play Fortnite and play all sorts of you know mm. technologically very complex games mm. and um, in fact you know uh, in our first year we start from that alignments that they are technologically technically very savvy mm. they're not they're born and brought up and, and technology has changed so rapidly that it's you know they're not daunted by technology at all and um, so that was uh, that was in faculty yes the faculty you know um, were brought up to speed uh, we had various uh, training sessions uh, in the free time we had you know for the ERP system for the digital system for how to kind of upload marks upload attendance upload assignments mm. um, we had already prepared I mean um, you know since last three years we've been preparing our very robust uh, system of assessment through rubrics, through which are made transparent to the students, so that the students mm-hmm. knows, uh, you know, why they scored, what they scored, and uh, you know the lesson plans are given in advance to the students, so they know what's what's going to happen in class. So all those things had to just, you know, had to be just converted to a digital. Mm-hmm. So that was, you know, just uploading, manner of uploading, and uh, you know, standardizing. So that was uh, what we did through various training sessions as well. The university provided us with, uh, you know, training sessions. So it was um, hard work, but 
I think extremely satisfying uh, because you know once you once you crack a new thing, you know, and and you're successful at uh, dealing with it, it 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 is empowering and it's uh, it opens several options for you, which which mm. is uh, yeah any sort of learning does. Mm. And in terms of feedback. Uh, have you received any feedback where people are saying that maybe face to face is a better medium to learn or did online is a better medium to learn have you received any kind of those feedbacks from the students yes i mean yeah i mean apart from the you know thousands of webinars one has attended and participated in about this online education uh, i think uh, you know physical presence i mean this is not a substitute for physical presence no. it's it's uh, it's uh, it complements it's it's a supplement for for you know another tool if you like uh, that one can use for uh, education and i think i think the future in the future there'll be a kind of a really a mix and an informed uh, decision uh, when we you know use online tools they will be it will be guided by informed decision rather than uh, necessity um so i think uh, you know people are talking about blended learning uh, and and i don't think it's sort of a blended blended learning is like you know half online half offline but i i don't think it's a case of you know putting stuff in a blender and then and then you know out comes the blended learning uh, the curriculum or the content teaching content will have to go through careful scrutiny as to what benefits from online teaching and what benefits from physical you know being on campus hands on you know learning and teaching and and i think that would be really interesting to see you know because if the online is led by if the content demands online learning that is going to be you know very very um, beneficial also i mean bear in mind you know for example you mentioned lectures now lectures i mean there is a pos- we don't have to be in a studio of 40 anymore you know so you can give a lecture to 1000 people i mean it's just a matter of software and and the the benefit for the student is huge because i mean you you yourself you know as a student must also experience that there are some lectures in in a class that you go to you think okay you know i know this i don't have to sit here but you have to force yourself to sit because you know that's the ritual and you want to kind of really fast forward it but the teacher will go in you know in his or her own pace mm-hmm. so you can actually fast forward a lecture because you record it you can also re-listen to it because you know in class you often feel that okay you know that was a very interesting point but i didn't get any of it well i couldn't what the teacher was saying so you can't go back to it you can't ask the teacher can you repeat it mm-hmm. you know because there are 40 of you sitting in a class mm-hmm. so in fact if if the lecture is recorded you can go back to the point and 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 uh, and you know uh, revisit it so what i'm trying to say is that here is a chance for education to get even more customized to individual student needs because as you know you know all 40 of you in a studio have nothing in common except for your age which is a number hmm. and each of you are individuals with you know a different unique pace of learning hmm. and and a unique set of strengths and growth areas so um 
course, it's not possible to, you know, then do one-to-one teaching and you have to standardize stuff. Mm-hmm. But here's an opportunity through online tools that you can actually tailor-make, uh, customize to, you know, education quite accurately for every student, which is an exciting prospect. I think it's a, it's a fantastically, and which, which of course, will, uh, you know, will uh, make everybody quality conscious. Both faculty and students will be conscious of the uh, delivery, conscious of the content, conscious of what is being uh, taught, and uh, and you know both will be able to scrutinize the content much more, much more intensely than than one does in a physical, you know, performative sort of uh, act of teaching. Mm-hmm. The other the other thing that it opens up hugely is um, the access to global networks. That you know, you don't have to now pay, pay an airfare for somebody who's sitting at the lecture. So mm. this we have been using um, very well for our jury as well. People who've joined us from Singapore, you know, from England, from America, they are participating Australia as well. So they're participating in our juries. Mm-hmm. So this is also very exciting that the world is our stage now, and mm. through online through online connectivity. That is, I would completely agree with that. And it just, I think there was, everyone had a mental barrier of being physically present and that would just stop a lot of collaborations from happening, I think. Um, But my next question is that, um, and it's something that I've also been thinking about, is that how is this different from getting an online degree when we talk about higher education? So, for example, I'm sitting in a different country. And right now the situation is forcing me to sit at home and do my learning and submit my assignments without having any kind of physical interaction with my peers. So in that sense, the aspect of peer learning is kind of taken away. And in that sense, uh, I'm not able to use the amenities that are being offered on campus. So my question is that are we looking at a future where a greater percentage of people would like to opt for an online degree versus uh, attending it in person? So firstly, I don't think the situation, this situation is an emergency situation. It's not a situation that's a normal situation. So Mm -hmm. things will change, things will get normalized and a new normal will take place. Mm -hmm. But there are certain things that happen, are implemented during an emergency situation become the normal for example we can take a take an example from from medicine that you know uh, 30 years ago uh, you know we, we every time we went to a doctor we didn't go with tests hmm. right so we went with tests only if we were seriously ill or we would you know um you know we would have now now it's become routine to have a test and doctor is not going to commit on anything unless you show the test hmm. and you know and you know, so for example, you know, part of some part of gadgets that we use in an emergency situation, like a blood pressure machine, is now at home. It's mm-hmm. become normal to check your blood pressure yourself. Mm-hmm. So what I'm what I'm saying is that, um, you know, uh, when you're in an emergency situation, there are things that continue and become normal, but not all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and actually, what that does is it, it opens up transparency, uh, you know, uh, scope for transparency, scope for quality much more, accountability much more. 
So um, I think, uh, and, you know, architecture is never going to be online course because, you know, there is so much physicality involved in, in the design and architecture disciplines that it can just cannot be an online course. Mm-hmm. And uh, bits of it, we can we can uh, move to online quite quite efficiently. Is that, you know, that is what we should aim for, that you know, to increase the efficiency of learning and teaching, we can, we can you know, and and access to the resource that is there in the world, um, but you know, going to sites, go you know, building stuff. I mean, how can you do it online? It's it's not it's not possible. So it's never going to be like that. You can't conduct. You can't have a surgery on a person online. You have to dig into that person to make that person well. It's you know, this part of it's that physicality mm-hmm. is be there. So this is this is a uh, thing that you know. Um, having said that, you know there there are lots of things that are better moved online that do not require the physical space that do not require, you know the sort you know the amount of resource that is spent on, a, you know physical presence and you know commuting and you know, huge campuses and, mm-hmm. and so we will be. Us uh, more alert to how much resources spent and in what way. Hmm. I mean, I'm not saying use the resource. I'm saying that it'll channel the resource to maybe you know uh, re- more into research, more into you know uh, interaction, more uh, more intense interaction hmm. among people. I mean, you would agree that you know through WhatsApp, through all the platforms we have today, we have never been so connected hmm. like we are to ever before. Absolutely. I mean, we couldn't have dreamed of this kind of interaction ever before. Right. So, you know, so I think there are huge possibilities of growth and rapid growth and, uh, and you know, acceleration and growth through, through new technologies. But we have to be... The, the word of caution is that we have to be extremely mindful and we have to be alert to the decisions we take on a daily basis when we are in an emergency situation. Hmm. Because we have to reflect on our decisions, why we are taking the decisions and actually revise those the next day and say, you know, okay, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to actually, this is not for me. Or, you know, I, or, you know I'm an artist. I want my you know space. I want to be gadget for two hours a day or something like that you know i'm just i'm just giving you random examples but you know one would one will uh, make those decisions decisions for one's own uh, well-being and uh, and we will get there the next question um i have is that looking at the current emergency situation there are batches who are going to be graduating this year or maybe even as we speak, I think this is the, is this this is the time for graduation, right? So, um, what about those patches? Uh, what do you what would your comment be for the students who are graduating this year, students of architecture, in terms of applying for jobs because there are virtually no jobs available at this point in time? Uh, what would what advice would you have for them, and what do you predict will happen with these fresh graduates? So, I mean, there are lots of, there are external market forces that are play here and architecture is a very capital intensive industry, as you know, that, you know, it gets hit every time there's a slump. 
But having said that, um, you know, architecture is one of the few professions that, you know, disciplines that give you, uh, you know, 150 skills that you can use. Um, this is the time and the markets will open up, you know, projects and, and you know, practices will also incorporate all this online, uh, you know, method of talking to the contractor, talking to the client. You know, VR is around now, you know, uh, clients are enjoying co-designing with the architects through VR and we are getting VR in our studio. So it's all very exciting technologically. So what I would ask the students that if they have spare time, do not waste it, you know, uh, diversify, think, you know, look at the, you know, the bag of skills you have. And, you know, if you're good at writing, you know, do some writing. If you're good at sketching, do some sketching. If you're good at painting, do some painting. You furniture, to do some designs. Do some, you know, imaginary thing. Look at your portfolio, brush it up, you know, make it, you know. We don't get time. You know, in normal life, we will not get time. Once once the things get normalized, we'll all be complaining about lack of time. So mm. please remember this and do not waste time and do a lot of reading, do a lot of writing if you want to, drawing, designing, all the things that you complain that you didn't have time for. This mm. is the time to do it. Mm-hmm. So and also uh, put in as many um, you know technical skills in your bag as possible. So there are a vast amount of online courses available for free. Um, Demi does it. Um, Harvard does free courses. Uh, Khan Academy. You know, there are lots, lots, and lots of them. And you know about this. Um, and you know, uh, you know, take advantage of all those. This, you know, and every day, you know, keep a logbook of COVID-19 days. I think those are the things that also, you know, make you look forward and make you, and it is important to have, you know, your mental well-being is very important. And, you know, as all of us know, happiness is, is a state of mind much more than it is of physical reality. So, you know, nurture your mind through various things like, Meditation, eating with food, being positive, you know, doing something creative is the best type of meditation. And mm-hmm. we are blessed as architecture students and architects because we have the skills to be creative. Mm-hmm. And we have, this, we have the skills to express our creativity. Not everybody has that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's always something we can do. Uh, so I would request uh, all you young minds to be, you know, actively busy. It's also a way of getting away from, you know, probably nine parents, if you know, but, but, you know, or, you know, uh, or whatever, you know, and I, I really um, sympathize with the fact that so many of you are not able to see your friends, you know, go out, hang out with them, you know. So in time, in terms of investment of time, um, there's a lot of uh, conversation going around that uh, people who've just recently graduated or people who've uh, been at the receiving end of uh, losing a job, a lot of people are going back to education. They're saying that it's better to maybe invest the next one or two years as being a student versus being a job seeker. What would Absolutely. your opinion be on that? Is that a wise thing to do or uh, are there any other ways? Of going no, absolutely. I mean, that is such an important question you raise. And uh, 
I think we have to be we have to be lifelong lifelong learners uh, for various reasons. One is technology is moving very fast, you know. So people who graduated 15 years ago would feel you know they're out of the game, they're not relevant anymore because they don't have these skills that have you know uh, come up. So they need to go back and learn. And also, I think uh, learning continuously is a way of you know keeping yourself relevant to the society and also keeping yourself alive and and in a position to give there are people who, who uh, you know do their ways after they have retired and you know they they continue learning and and i think i think that is so beautiful and and i think a, a great way to feel alive and contribute to society so yes and there is always something you can learn there is always mm-hmm. Something you want to learn, and also remember, I think I would say to the students, you know, you have to make time. Time is not something that is there for you to grab. Okay, so you have to make it. So you have to be disciplined about time. You know, make time to so whatever mechanism you adopt. You have to make time to do something you want. It doesn't happen automatically. It will never happen. If there's a skill you want to learn. If there's something you want to do, make time for it and be disciplined about it. And once once you start doing it. You know, it'll it'll be part of your system, and then you know you will feel that you want to learn all the time. That there has to be a book that you're reading, you know, um, all the time. You know, and there's a skill that you're learning all the time. So it becomes a habit. Maybe Sushant could start a <laughs> short one or two month course where they kind of yeah. offer a little bit to people who are looking out to. Absolutely, we are we are actually discussing this uh, quite right. Uh, I mean, we are discussing uh, evening courses for people who are in their jobs, uh, sort of uh, technology upgrades for people who are in practices, uh, short circuit courses as well, and for continuing education as well. So yeah, these are things on the anvil. Uh, they will take you know discussions already on, and this is the right thing to do. That sounds like such an exciting thing. <laughs> Can't wait to see what's happening on that front. It was a pleasure having Dr. Vibhuti Sachdev on our show, and we thank her for her valuable insights. Good for Construction is available on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast. Look out for our next episode as we jump right back into season two with architect Gaurav Shori.